Hi, my name is Eric Forrest, and welcome to the Whiteboard Podcast. Whiteboard is a podcast that invites recent design grads to be candid with faculty on their time as a student. These are the conversations that profs and students should have but can't, exploring the intersecting needs of students, faculty, the education system, and the job market as a whole. So hi, everyone. Uh, today, the guest is Randall Potillier. Randall has a wealth of knowledge in the nonprofit realm. He understands the key role that design plays not only in day-to-day communications, but like in building community and philanthropy. This experience was built from his work as a principal and creative director at 1213, a graphic design studio here in Toronto that creates print and digital communication materials in a locally focused nonprofit sector. He has enriched his experience as a creative director at Openly, where he applies visual design skills to theories of change, strategic plans, and playbooks that are actively supporting organizations throughout the social impact sector. His work passion is to distill stories and concepts into compelling and engaging visuals that are easy to understand and desirable to share. When not sitting in front of a computer or sketching out complex theories of change, Randall occupies his time with short-term hobbies and is currently perfecting his mastery of the hula hoop. As a registered graphic designer, RGD, uh, which is actually where I met Randall, he adheres to a set of ethical guidelines and applies them to his studio practice. He enjoys working with a variety of stakeholders involved in a project and fosters an environment that is creative and collaborative. So in the spirit of collaboration, welcome, Randall. Thank you for the time, taking the time today. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Eric, for setting this up. Uh, I really appreciate it. Okay, great. So as you're aware, that the focus of this podcast is just sort of demystifying the transition from school to junior designer. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but most college programs require an internship for credit. So every student must do this, um, must do a certain number of hours, depending on the college, um, in order to graduate. And so as a principal and creative director, I'm wondering if you could help us out, maybe understand this process a little bit. What do you look for in an intern, that kind of thing? Oh, for sure. I'd love to. Um, and I just sort of preface this by saying, like, I have had experiences with having interns from uh, post-secondary programs, uh, primarily from George Brown. Um, that's been our source uh, here. Um, so I, you know, I will sort of speak to my experience and wherever I can kind of like offer any sort of anecdotes I've heard from others that have that, that type of experience as well in, in hopes that I can answer some questions. That is amazing, Randall. So can I ask why George Brown? Uh Strangely, I kind of fell into them. Uh, I think it was through RGD, actually. Um, just the, some of the people that were all in that space um, needed advisors uh, for their academic programs. And so I kind of just went in for like judging a year end show and kind of like every time you say yes, other opportunities arise. That, that happens everywhere. So yeah. like I said, yes, I will judge. And then, you know, the, they said, oh, you know, thanks for being a judge. Do you ever take interns on? I was like, well, I never really thought of that. So yeah, maybe I will. And so just saying yes to these opportunities is what kind of got me in. And because I said yes one year, they just come to me every year and ask, you know, do you have a spot? Do you, is there a potential opportunity here? Um, and some years I do, some years I don't. Uh, and yeah, uh, so I, I just keep saying yes to that. Um, so that's how I ended up in that universe. <laughs> wow. Well, we, we appreciate you saying yes. So, so George Brown calls you and says, hey, we're doing our portfolio shows. Do you want to come? And and 
do you do you hire your interns from the portfolio shows often or uh no actually the uh portfolio shows usually happen at the end of the term so i'm working with them uh, with people in their final year just as they are putting their final year projects together right. um so i've done like kind of double things with them I've, I've mentored in some capacity like evaluating or, or stewarding along final year projects but also in hand in hand with another student usually the the internship uh, offering happens so like from our perspective, we're sending in applications and, and job qualifications in the fall, like sort of September, October is when they ask for our, our sort of submissions. Students in that program apply probably around December. Interviews happen around towards the end of the year um, with the internship starting up usually in January and usually running um, for like a four month span until April, like the end of academic term. Uh, How many hours a week is that roughly? Uh, so it's flexible with them. Uh, it also depends on the schedule. Uh, they right. have a, a component of, I think it was 120 hours in total. Um, so uh, in, in terms of my perspective, you know, I want to make sure that we are making best use of the students' time, um, that we're not overwhelming them. I, I know last year can be a really hard year to do final projects. So we usually just do one day a week, one full day a week. Mm. Um, usually it's an easier way for them to insert it into their schedule um, of other studies. Uh, but they do have the option of working, I think, up to 20 hours a week if they wish. I just don't think that's a realistic type of uh, ask to put on a student. Um, like, you know, even with that one day a week, there have been times where it's just like, you know, I can't do this week. And it's like, that's fine. Like, let's, you know, as long as we're keeping the conversation open um, and realistic, uh, there is no issue in that way. Uh, you know, I, I think that internships shouldn't come at the cost of what you're really investing in. I mean, it is it is a great opportunity, but I mean, you really are weighing sort of your steps into the world on those final projects as well. So, you know, um, it kind of depends on what you're getting out of your internship. Um, and I've I've heard through like anecdotally through other students that have internships, not all of them like land in a studio space. Like a lot of them end up in places where they just think they need a designer. <laughs> so it'd be like, you know, a local sports team that needs some logos and stuff done. So like there, there's a, such a wide range of things that students get thrown into. It's not really a uniform experience, um, which can be a challenge. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about those different, uh, I didn't do a studio internship. So what do you think about what the advantages are, what's to be gained or what are those different experiences about? And how do they set you up? Do they define your future career, or is it open, an open-ended thing? Yeah, I, like I mean, it, it can be open-ended to some degree. I, I would say that if you were to land yourself within a studio space, it's it is a great way to see if you're a team player, like to identify whether or not you can fit in with a group and and sort of understand that there is like a hierarchy that you have to sort of rely on. Um, in other instances where, you know, it's those people that are just looking for a designer, like, you know, you're, you're just sort of a team of one, um, mm -hmm. it would be a challenge. You would, you probably wouldn't get as much experience in design per se, like you wouldn't be able to like geek out about design with anybody because they mm -hmm. would just wouldn't identify with you, but mm -hmm. it would give you a chance to really kind of push forward your own agenda in a way. And I, I would almost think that people that are in that space would almost be better at like equipped to break it on their own like and start doing more freelance gigs or something after that um just because you would have a bit more of that like direct to client interaction that i don't think you would get as much in a studio environment i i have to agree um i did my I, I didn't really do an internship i got hired out of college but i got hired in-house and so 
that like you just basically described my my life um <laughs> i i haven't like I, I was mature as a designer before i ever worked on a team with other designers i was always just like eric can you do this and i was like yeah <laughs> and but you know that 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 sh that shaped me anyways because now i'm someone who can do many things well but few things expertly um yeah. and you know I, I love working in a team but i don't have a lot of, i haven't spent a lot of hours doing it uh compared to maybe someone like you or someone who's been more in the studio environment yeah i mean in terms of my experience uh in a design program i didn't actually have an internship opportunity so i was just left to like take whatever i could find so applied to things on campus. Like I, I worked for the student paper to do their ad design, like oh, wow. anything that allowed me to like, just flex that muscle. Um, you know, I was applying to various ads and papers to try to like get anything. Um, and I had actually applied to a studio like a year before they called me back um, to, to hire me. It was just like a mom and pop shop. Um, they hired me like fresh out of school. I was basically the, the junior to a uh, husband and wife team. Um, you know, they had their own client base. It was a home-based business. My first um, agency was the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it was nice. Like, uh, you know, uh, as much as the work kind of soured on me after a time, I would say that the start of it was really uh, fundamental to me. Like to really kind of build my own independence. Um, I was able to kind of negotiate my own hours with them because it was so small, and like I was able to build my own client base at the same time as I was working with them. They, you know, as long as I didn't kind of interfere with their business i was able to develop my own on the side so it you know working in that smaller space really afforded me a lot of flexibility uh that i don't think i would have had if i was kind of like more of that you know that sort of cog in the machine in a larger studio um mm. i don't have a lot of any large studio experience i mean i'd go to them on studio tours and things like that and kind of like yeah. you know drop my jaw at like whoa the space and like you know all that kind of fluff that that's a that's around it but also hearing like colleagues that would enter that space to know that they're like working slavishly through their days and like, you know, they're, they're just there to churn out production and stuff like that. It felt like they lost a bit of a, a spirit and autonomy um, for the sake of that experience. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. But I mean, I feel like we're devaluing a, a large agency uh, experience <laughs> here, but we're not. It's just a, it's no, no. not. It's not necessarily something we have been a part of. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if you were to go into those spaces with the impression that you would have the ear of like, you know, the star of that space, you would be sorely mistaken. Like, I mean, there is a hierarchy there and you wouldn't likely be working with those seniors. You'd be working with other like sort of more managerial levels in an organization. I'm sure you'd have exposure. But yeah. I think I, I hope that people don't go into those spaces thinking that like, oh, I'm going to be able to like go in on a creative brainstorming session with a high value client, like first day in. No, you're going to be close cropping photos, yeah. you know, color adjusting, all that type of stuff um, just to kind of yeah. like, yeah, fit in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is not to give the impression that the design community isn't friendly or, or like, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you a story when I when I came when I was applying for internships. I really wanted to work out uh, Bruce Mao mm, because mm -hmm. Bruce Mao is like one of these, they, they do everything. Like they do everything, like environmental, wayfinding, print, editorial, photography, architecture, like everything. And that's kind of like, that's something I wanted to like get my hands dirty with. So I actually, um, when I applied for an internship, I, I, I bought a bottle of wine and I designed a label and I put my resume on the label and I put that in like a 
you know, what you would normally wrap up like architectural diagrams in those, those cardboard tubes. And mm -hmm. I mailed it to the, the CEO at the time, whose name was Hunter Tura. And like, he, he emailed me back personally and we exchanged a few emails and I was like, wow, like, I really appreciate you taking the time to like, talk to me about this. And he's like, send me your work. I'll critique it. I'll tell, I'll give you feedback. And I was like, wow, like, don't you have better things to do? Like, <laughs> obviously more formally in more formal terms. Said, and, and his, his reply was like, there's nothing I would love to have more time to be doing. So, yeah. um, and that's the CEO of, I mean, arguably definitely the, probably the biggest Canadian, like homegrown Canadian agency, I, I think, I don't know, but they're huge anyway. So. Yeah, I like that. That's a really awesome interaction. Like, yeah, something that I had learned like through joining RGV was just realizing that these like sort of personalities that I thought were there are not. Like, designers aren't really standoffish crowd. Like, they they are really approachable and love to chat. And and you know, if there even if there isn't that opportunity, if you can hold the conversation and like and keep things rolling and and be comfortable in your own skin. Like that's a really enriching experience to have, um, and and I think uh, yeah, like even if a studio can't offer you a spot, you know, to even just even prompt and ask to see, like you know, is there a chance you could review this or mentor, you know, uh, there's other ways that you can get the ear of somebody within a space um, to develop your own uh, work. Yeah, I'm. I mean, speaking of some of those ways, we do have formalized pathways. <laughs> and you, you mentioned that uh, the school will send you documents, so like something like a cover letter? Yeah, uh, so in terms of the, the formalized program, there will be, yeah, a cover letter, uh, usually like a little, um, like a resume, cover letter, resume, and uh, a, a portfolio. So, and the range of portfolio received, it's always digital, um, at least, you know, uh, now. Um, and they range in size, like some people will only put in, you know, three pieces, they'll have links to stuff that's online if they're digital. Um, others like go really all out and have like 15 pieces in their portfolio. Um, right. so the, like there, there's not really a set standard that people follow. Um, mm -hmm. personally, I like kind of lose interest after about five, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're not going to get a sense of who that person is within five pieces, then why would you prompt any further? Like, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and Randall, um, 10 pieces or your five best pieces? I'd say your five best. Yeah. I like. And I, I would say, like, endeavor to show a range. I, I, you know, it would be, it would be really hard. Well, when I say that, it's like also show what you want to specialize in. <laughs> like, don't put in something if you're not a print designer. Like, yeah, you may have had a great magazine article. Yeah, I guess you could put it in. Like, and if it's really great, yes, do. But make sure you're weighting it in terms of what you're actually looking for. Because, um, like, the last thing you want to do at the, sort of that early stage is like pigeonhole yourself. Um, right. and, and, to, and shutting yourself off from like what you're desiring. Um, like I know print pieces do give a sense of like what design is like, but if you're not a print designer, don't like weigh it with that in mind. Um, you know, you're selling yourself short in that way. Um, something I also find strong in portfolios is when, you know, people are bringing in additional stuff to their own work, like their own photography or their own writing or their own illustration. Like you're always looking I would say from a studio's perspective, you're looking to have somebody that fills in a gap. Like you want to be somebody that they need. So, you know, I don't know photography. When somebody comes to me with a portfolio and I ask them, oh, where'd this photo come from? And they say they took it themselves. Like immediately that, that lights a bulb in my head. It's like, oh, this person actually has more to bring to the table than just somebody who can like shuffle or pixels around on a board. 
Um, so yeah, the, the, whatever you can do to kind of like insert a bit more of yourself, I think really makes you appealing uh, as, a, as a candidate. Sort of weaving. So, I mean, there's one thing that comes up a lot, which is what, what was your role in this piece? And mm -hmm. when you said it, I recalled it when you said, oh, who's like, oh, this is your photography. Unless the candidate explains to you their role in this piece of editorial, right, which you thought was a print piece, but like, yeah, it's a print piece, but this is my photography. So that's got to be clear, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and especially in like, you know, don't shy away from even inserting a group project if there's one you're really proud of, just as long as you're really kind of articulate about what your role is in that. Like, you know, to be the person that does a whole project is kind of a weird assumption to make. Like, even all designers, like, in the professional world, don't do something from start to finish. Like, it gets handed off between various people. Like, it, it relies on different experiences and expertise to get a project through. So, you know, don't feel like you're being disingenuous if you, you know, show something that you didn't play the full role in. But if you can articulate that, oh, I did this part of it. Um, I, that's a very powerful thing. And it shows a bit of your, your humility, like understanding that design is a process, it's collaborative. It's not just a, you know, a, a single superstar that does all of this. Yeah, we're not all Paul Rand. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, 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 so it's, it's and, and you know, there's this, there's, you're, you're demonstrating more than your design aptitude. You're showing a soft skill. I'm a team member. Exactly, yeah. Which is, all right. Um, but going, if we can just jump back to the written component, mm -hmm. we start with a cover letter and a resume. Anything stand out in a cover letter for you? You know, do you read them? You could be honest. <laughs> oh, no, I read them. Uh, you read them. Because I want to make sure they actually have just done a bit of research. Like, you know, if you're going to take about up, you, like, about, about me, 12, 13. And, yeah, but what I do is just like, you know, you can tell when something's really form uh, driven. And it, it's just like, you know, the dear sir or madam or if there's like a misspelled name or stuff like that. Like, you know, those are things that will generally, I will go through it, but like you've already skewed me in a direction that you haven't really seen who we work with. You don't really get a sense. Like if I like, you know, we're in, we like nonprofit stuff. If I see that there is no mention of like kind of giving back or seeing designs power and community building, like stuff that's really simple boilerplate that you could mirror back to me from my website. Like, yeah. that, that, like that is stuff that, you know, I value. Like you're gonna do a little bit of research you're going to look at like the people we do work for, see if there's any kind of connections that you have, throw a little bit of flattery in there. That doesn't all like, that doesn't hurt, you know, like just, like just I, show love, that you're... I saw what you guys did for yeah. client and yeah. here's why I liked it. Exactly. Like a little bit of that, like just, you know, you're looking for a fit when you're looking for somebody, even at an, as an intern, like I want to make sure that a person can come in and kind of like warm up within the team. Like we all can speak the same language. There isn't a lot of like, you know, try to educate about who this client is and stuff. Like, have a working knowledge generally of, of the clients, the clients that the studio has is nice to have. Um, yeah, you know, you want somebody that can be part of the family. Like, everybody's looking for a fit in that way. Not, it's not always the skill based, and that's where the cover letter can really give you a bit of personality. Awesome. And and after cover letter comes a resume. Yeah. Um, are you? The question I've never designed, I've never treated my resume as a piece of design other than, you know, title, heading, subheading, yeah. pretty, pretty nice curated paragraphs, nice bullets. But yeah. beyond that, I've never done like, I, I have occasionally flirted with putting a photo, you know, <laughs> but that's about it. Um, and I see these resumes, which are, 
often just like so much going on and I don't, having never hired anyone, I don't know how to evaluate that. Yeah, I like, I mean, I applaud the effort, but I'm not really there. Like the context of a piece of, of a resume, like the communication of a resume is to give you a really clear way of seeing what somebody's done. And when you like throw in a bunch of infographics and overwrought, overwrought design, it gets in the way of like, just what I'm here for. I, I wanna see like where you've been, what you've done, you know, have you worked retail? Have you worked service? Like, you know, in the service industry, all of those things apply. Like, you know, those kind of skills lend themselves well in, do, in a design sphere. Um, and, you know, if you overly design your resume, you're kind of pulling attention away from the portfolio. Like, you know, the resume, I look at it and try to get a sense of like your career history or, or job history. Um, but the portfolio is where it's gonna really shine. Um, you know, I would say perhaps at most, make sure you're using the same font maybe throughout for consistency from like your cover letter to your right. resume through to the portfolio. If you've got text in there, like have a little bit of like a nice cohesion amongst your, your overall package, but to overly design the, the resume, I, I don't know. My, I, I personal preference is not really, um, in there, uh, for, for that. Right. Yeah. Um, why did you say, um, why service industry? Is that just the first thing that came to mind? I don't want to put meaning where there is it. No, uh, actually, I found that I can really connect to somebody if they've worked a job before anything. Like, you yeah. know, the, <laughs> <laughs> like, and don't discount any job you've had, right? Like, put yeah. it all on there. The knowledge is that you don't have a lot of experience. And, like, mm. any experience that you have, like, can you carry on a conversation with complete strangers? Like, if you're in retail, if you're doing stuff on demand, like there's a set of skills in there that really apply in design, like right. being able to take a client, like a customer's criticism, like, you know, they, they, you got their order wrong or what have you without breaking down right. or, you know, or, or being able to take like that type of unwanted and unwarranted criticism, but still keep your job, um, yep. is a nice skill to have. Like, can you keep your rage under control? You know, a retail environment would really test that a restaurant food service would test that like those <laughs> it's so true i mean I, I i was a server bartender for over a decade and a lot of designers i know were also server bartenders and i just thought it was because every millennial has been a waiter at some point <laughs> and but i think maybe there is something about like empathy or the affectation of which is which is embedded in the design profession i, yeah. I think yeah like so uh, yeah totally agree like design is a service like it's a so it makes sense that people that work in service know that that like is a is a quality that marries very well in design mm. um it shows that like you know you're a team player you can put your kind of personality aside you know for for sort of this common good right i that sounds lofty like you know i worked at home depot pushing carts know. around a parking lot but like <laughs> you know you know what they're like what it, okay what is your problem okay you're hungry well what are you hungry for right like like mm -hmm. how might we serve something that like meets the nutritional needs and the cravings and you know lets you sleep at night and uh, you know it, it's kind of there's definitely an element of that um which i never like put it into technical terms like that but now <laughs> you mention it so i guess the takeaway is like you can, with a little bit of design thinking, you can make things relevant if you just get that lens on them. Yes. Um, of course, you know, the, the, the hiring manager needs to be receptive to that, which is yeah. a, a slight dice toss. But, you know, it, um, 
it can be done. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah be, uh, apply a little bit of creative thinking, like look at, you know, your experience in other lens. Usually those jobs are a grind and you didn't really like them a lot. They were more for to get, you know, a paycheck in. But there are skills that you're learning that you may not realize along the way that I think, you know, are worth putting in. Um, yeah. So you you said that um, you said that you are flexible um, with hours uh, with students. Um, do you know of any studios who are not, or any reasons they might not be? Um, you don't have to name names or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I you know I'd say that there is a, just a general understanding and a responsibility that studios owe to interns as well, like. I mean, you really don't want to build up a reputation for being a place that's a grind or, you know, or taking advantage of things like that doesn't go yeah. very well. Like, right. you know, <laughs> uh, in terms of so I, I don't really know of anybody that has looked at their interns in that way and like and has mistreated them in, in a way. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're investing the students are investing time and, and effort into sort of a relationship. And. Sometimes it'll end up in employment, sometimes it won't. But like it's it's just as much network building for the studio as it is for the intern. Like to be able to kind of tap in and understand like what talent is out there now is a very valuable uh, thing to for a studio to have. Like, oh, they're learning this in school now. Like that's mm -hmm. like I've never even thought that would happen. Um, right. It's it, it sort of goes in in a couple of ways there. Um, so I haven't really had any that I've heard of, of, of places that really demand, um, make those kind of like unnecessary demands. It, some of it could be because I'm part of the RGB world where like, you know, they have set forth policies and, and sort of a way of, of telling people like how to engage properly and respectfully with interns. Um, right. So, you know, by having those standards at the very base of, of your operations, really make sure that you're not going to be, you know, taking advantage of anybody. So yeah, so thanks, Randall. So for anyone who's not aware, we have the Association of Registered Graphic Designers of Ontario, which is um, well about four thousand members now. Yeah, Randall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we do advocate a lot for, I guess, rights of rights of designers and best practices for design management. Uh, and among those are, you know, how to how to how to foster the design community from from education and internship, you know, all the way through to um, Creative director and design principal. So um, that's what Randall's talking about. Um, and you can join as a student if you want, uh, $40 a year or something like that, which is mm -hmm. a significant discount versus uh, regular membership. So it's encouraged. And there's more great networking, right? Um, anyone looking, I mean, Randall, you've done designathons. I don't know if anyone ever gets an internship out of the designathons, but definitely great networking. Yeah, I, for sure. I like. I don't know specific examples where there would be something like somebody landed a gig out of them, but no, I mean, um, but they are powerful kind of networking spaces because it is a, a great way to like try out a team, like and see how who who vibes with you and who doesn't. Like to to be able to work alongside somebody, I found those that quite a powerful experience. Like to see how people work is really an interesting way. You don't get that in a job interview. I got, this is more of like a tactile way of seeing, oh, that's a really interesting way that they approach this. You can't um, fake it for eight hours. No, you might you be able really to fake can't. it for an eight-minute interview. <laughs> you can't totally. fake it for eight hours in a room with, you know, 
Yeah. No, for sure. Like it, it, it is a, a definitely a test of like of skill at that point. Um, and, and just in addition to skill, like comfort, uh, you know, can you carry on a conversation? Can you just roll with critique and like, you know, bounce back from it within a day? Um, you know, it's a nice challenge to that people put themselves through. Um, I've seen, you know, a, a couple of usual suspects that appear over multiple designathons. It's nice to see people return. There's like, you know, they see value in coming back to it and, and, and trying out some other kind of real world um, uh, pieces that, that they can then perhaps add to their portfolio with the right permissions. Yeah, so I thought that can be my follow-up. Maybe there's no portfolio piece, but if you see on a resume someone active, you know, whether it's an RGD designathon or an Adobe sponsored one, or, or uh, I just did one with the UN actually, mm-hmm. everyone's doing them now. Um, <laughs> having something like that on your resume is good, no? Like that will be I, noticed? I would say so. Uh, like, you know, just to different ways that you're trying to apply your own skill set in novel ways. I mean, knowing full well that opportunities are hard to come by, like, you know, being able to jump at those things and, and be able to contribute. And, you know, also like volunteer experience, like sometimes, you know, places just need, local communities need a flyer for something. And like, you know, they they have a modest amount that they can pay for, or, you know, if you want to volunteer your time for that type of thing, like stuff that you could then add to your portfolio that has a bit of like real world connection is a really strong uh, component to add to, uh, to your offerings um, and your portfolio. Right, right. And I mean, for the, for the rest of your career too, as a designer, like, the sooner, I mean, I I designed I I joined RGD, RGD yeah. <clears throat> I joined the RGD. I didn't join as a student, and I joined, you know, when I was able to. Which is, if you don't join as a student, it's I think seven years, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, um, whatever networking route you choose, um, the sooner you start it, the more advantage. It just builds and yeah. builds and builds. Agreed. So, yeah, I, I didn't join it when I was a student. I joined it like after I had to get my sort of levels of experience through and things like that. Um, but yeah, after joining part of it and knowing that there is actually support in every stage of the career, like is really nice to see. Um, uh, and I think that also lends itself well to those that are like hiring interns through this program, uh, like through RGD, like knowing that there is this whole other, you're, you're part of the spectrum of, of designers, right? And knowing where you land on that seeing right. where your growth is, see how people get to where you are is a really wholesome way to see um, experience and opportunities as well. Like the multiple pro- d- directions and pathways ahead of you. I had no idea that like, you know, working in education would have been a possibility for a designer, but here I am talking to a designer who works in an education sphere. Like, you know, there's yeah. so many different ways that you can apply your design knowledge and skills that I think is really great to just try to understand as early as you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I've never been more challenged and fulfilled as a designer with it as I am now as an educator. Hmm. Um, I mean, I had a lot of jobs where, you know, I was the, like the voice control Adobe software. Right. So, um, (laughs) and I had some awesome clients with great creativity as well, but I had a lot of those jobs. So, so anyhow, um, you're right. I, I never would have thought either. And now it's like, wow, so much design involved in education. It's great. Yeah. And, 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 you know, actually speaking of education, Mm -hmm. um, you said you hire from George Brown um, because that's where your that's where your network is. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach at Seneca and Humber and we have some networks with agencies as well. So it's similar. But I wonder, you know, if that degree is a two year degree or a three year degree or a four year university degree, um, 
is that part of the matrix of evaluation? Uh, not for me. Um, and I really don't think it's much of anybody else, really. Like, there's people that I know that have design studios that didn't finish college, like, or yeah. university, or, or had, like, gone through a formalized program. Um, you know, it is about the skills. It is about, you know, a, I would, like, and going back earlier to, like, sort of those job skills, like, you know, bussing tables or what have you. Like, I find that those have a bit more application than, you know, completing a degree does. Um not to disparage education, there's a lot of stuff in like knowing and, and sort of forecasting what is in need um, is a really great space to learn. Like, you know, what's on the horizon? What what are things that we need to factor into design? Is something that you're definitely exposed to in education you wouldn't really get anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I, you know, whether it's a, a two-year diploma or, you know, yeah, a more formalized program in a university context, it doesn't really matter. Again, it's it's sort of like nice to see it there, but it's just you know it's resume filler it's like get me to the good stuff i want to see the portfolio i want to see like you know how you explain yourself how you you know explain design um you don't really need to be trained to do that it's more about practice that helps you with that thing um right. than than a sort of a, a institutional for, uh training yeah so a strong portfolio with a two-year diploma versus mm -hmm. an eh portfolio with a four-year is going to yeah. lean to yeah 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 and i think i think I do get asked this question a lot by students, and I think the reason is, if you if you get on a job board right now, there are a lot of places asking for a BA or a, I guess it's a BDES or yeah. some I don't know some kind of four year thing, and I didn't believe it because yeah, yeah. I was like nobody cares in the design industry. So I looked, and yeah, but I noticed that a lot of them were in house positions. Oh yeah. So, so my working theory is they're not they don't they don't necessarily know how to evaluate designers. So they figure, well, this is a credential, which, so, so they evaluate that way. Um, I, yeah. It kind of worries me a little bit. <laughs> well, it does because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. because it's bad for the people who do four years because they might get the impression that this is where I should go. And it's bad for the people who did two years because they get the impression that, oh, I, I don't have enough education. And it's kind of like everyone settled down like, yeah. You know, this might not be, so I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's just a I, working theory. No, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, to your point of those in-house teams, yeah, they have to rely on credentials because they, they're trying to standardize it within an HR system. Like, you know, like they have to like have a matrix and, and tick all the boxes. And that happens in more of like a corporate structure, I would say, like where you yes. do have to like tick those things off. Whereas if you're looking at like a smaller agency, a smaller studio, a mom and pop shops, like you and I have had experiences with, it's more about like that fit than it is that list of credentials. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think I think like they do themselves a disservice by having that. Like it shuts them off from a lot of talent in a way. Um, you know, just to, to demand like a, a university program versus a college program. Like comparing my university experience with like what students are going through in college now, like it's night and day. Like you know, the the amount of experience and exposure to programs and, and like the breadth of work that's offered in a college program was something I never considered like or had done or, or dug into in like four years of, of schooling um yeah sorry I want to I want to get back to that because that, <laughs> I have some great questions about that but I also want to mention just in case anyone um is wondering about this in-house agency thing there mm -hmm. are there's a huge spectrum of what we mean when we say in-house some yeah. some um huge companies have a air quote in-house agency but it is like a full agency. So if Samsung has one, I think it's called Chael. 
and mm-hmm. it is like an agency. It's not they're, they're not I don't even think they're Samsung employees, but it is owned by Samsung. Mm-hmm. And another and then other companies essentially have a marketing department where mm-hmm. which is, you know, sat right next day right next door to the accounting department. And so there's like all different levels of of like design savvy and know-how and everything from like one person sitting in front of the only Mac in the entire, you know, in the entire organization to, you know, giants like that own their entire um really really an agency indistinguishable from any other design agency so we've generalized yeah no and thank you for for clarifying that because they're like you know i i do a disservice by not acknowledging like all those different ways of working within that like one catch-all phrase um of in-house because i do it too it's important to know that nuance um I was I was gonna like present my theory of like why you see those degrees sort of in a lot of job descriptions. It's because the hiring people are just copying and pasting examples they see out there. <laughs> like so, yeah. you know, you'll see carbon copies of like you know job researches. I see that in RFPs, like you know, like where it's copy and paste of you know a set of requirements and skills into another. Um, you know, you, people don't exactly know what they're looking for with a designer. So you know, sometimes it's easier and and more peace. It gives them a sense of peace when they have a list that they can check off. Um, but yep. yeah, and that's why, like, why it's important to do your research to like, you know, to even to your point there, uh, uh, Eric, of like the various in-house ways that in-house design studios work. Like some people may really thrive in that space and, mm-hmm. and like looking for these opportunities in those um, could be really rewarding for them. Um, yeah, it's oh. not like a one size fits all approach. To- totally. I mean, you could also look at it. Oh, the employer doesn't know what they want. Here's my chance to tell them what they what I'm gonna give yeah. them. Like it, it, it yeah. just depends on your personality. But you said um, I heard you say that you did a BA and um, was it a design a design degree or did you do? Uh, I graduated from York University with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Um, so okay. I had graduated like ages ago, 2000. So it was before design came online. Um, man, that's a long right. time ago. <laughs> so like, as soon as I graduated, they had actually launched into a, a, a BDES program. Um, right. and I could have stayed on longer. I was like, no, four years is like my absolute limit with higher education. I need to now work. I want to apply my skills and want to do stuff that way. Um, so I didn't like kind of take on that, uh, that degree. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's sort of where my background is. Yeah, I have a lot. There's a lot, a lot of students who are have a, have a BA and then they're like, okay, now I need a job. And they end up doing a, a two year, um, two years, some, mm. I don't trade. What, what is this? Is it a trade vocation Two year thing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting pathway. Um, and it's fun to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, my BA is in uh, literature, so. I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, people are all over the map, um, but I'm finding more and more that's happening. Um, just as more and more, I'm finding. I mean, you said you were in school before it came online, and I mean, this the scope creep of mm-hmm. the design profession. And <laughs> yeah, when you when you are looking at a resume, I mean, right now, I mean, not even students, me. Sometimes I'm like, how do I present myself? Because yes, I know the client wants these things, but I'm also capable of these things. And you know, so it's like HTML, CSS, photography, uh, editorial, and, and logo, branding. And it's like, man, I mean, social media, and it's like, 
it's there these are not discrete things either because where does photography start and social media end and where does yeah. social media end and marketing start and where does marketing end and and so on so how do you do you have any insight into wrangling that complexity uh into you know a five-piece portfolio in a pdf under two megabytes <laughs> <laughs> Um, something that'd be very handy, I would say in that is like, uh, I always like this in a portfolio because you're not always there to explain yourself just a little primer, like in each case, just to like a really top level, like, you know, what a brief sentence on like what the problem was that you're trying to solve a little like thing about, you know, the programs you used, like, you know, simply what did you use to execute this design is a really handy thing. Like people can create anything in a, a wide range of platforms. Like, mm -hmm can you design something great in Microsoft Word that's in your portfolio? I'd love to see it. Please show me. I, you know, I would be so impressed. <laughs> but like, you know, I think the proof is in like, it's one thing to have a list in your portfolio or in your resume of like, you know, all the different things that you sort of know, but that becomes exhaustive in a laundry list. I think seeing the concrete application of it within a space, like if you've designed a word, uh, a website, for example, that uses a WordPress template, Tell me the template you used and how you customized it. Like, you know, there are right. certain realities. Don't be shy of like what got you there. Mm -hmm. um, did you use stock photos? Did you use stock illustrations in this? Like, just be honest and upfront about what you did to put it together. Because We're all... stock photos is a skill. Exactly. And it's a skill an intern should have, actually. Yes. Ah, yeah. 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 So, like finding the right one that strikes the right tone and balance, and, you know, even taking like stock illustration, customizing them in a way, like changing the palette so that it reflects what the brand is or what have you. Like, you know, those are skills that are nice to see uh, at play because the reality of it is we're not all hiring illustrators to do everything. We're not hiring photographers for every job. Like there's some realities out there and yeah. seeing it in your work is a really nice thing to see. So be, be clear about your role. Yeah. About yeah your role. Exactly. Even when even when you think, oh, this this isn't this isn't my work. But it's like, no, be clear about your role. <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah. 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 It's like. I crop this image in a different way to give this another mood. Like, you know, there, there's different ways that you're seeing things that I think I want to see your design process and right. like how you've seen all these disparate things and pulled them together in this one space. Um, right. Yeah. Um, any tips for showing the process? It's always a tricky thing showing process. Yeah. I have that issue as well. Like when I submit to RFPs, like, cause like I want to show like all the thinking that was involved. So mm -hmm. what I tend to do is like, I'll have like almost one that is a case study uh, as a, a more in-depth example to show like the breadth of the work. And then the other ones are, are more like just sort of standalone, you know, simple pieces. But I think you would do yourself a disservice in explaining everything that you've done, um, but also do yourself a disservice by not showing at least one kind of like process driven um, piece in your work, um, you know, like sort of lump that maybe in the middle of your, your piece, like it, make it a bit more meaty in a way. Um, it's also a nice way to kind of show how you explain design. Um, again, you don't always have the fortune of being in front of somebody to walk you, like to walk through your portfolio with them. Like if you don't, if your tone doesn't come across to me and what I'm seeing and what I'm reading, if I can't like quite get a, a gauge of your voice uh, or who you are and what I'm reading from what you submit, you're a little less appealing for me. Like you, you, you kind of read a little hollow and transparent. If I, if you're just like, wow, whiz bang style across all the all the pieces, right? Mm. I kind of want to see like a bit more of that that critical thinking that's going into the work. Um, 
I don't know if you would have to go all the way like and show every single note that you took along the way, like show really key points of your process, perhaps like, you know, uh, an initial sketch uh, or, or a wireframe that you sort of had developed um, in creating a site, uh, perhaps, you know, a, maybe a mood board or things where you're trying to put stuff together a little bit of like, you know, here are the images that we were kind of like working with with this, a little bit of that might be useful. Um, even a design that didn't go according to plan. Like if you have a logo design, for example, show a couple of the ones that didn't work and like, you know, just show us how you evolved your thinking based on critique. It's a nice way to tell a story that doesn't really hinge on that final product. Um, and I think it could make a slightly weaker piece a little stronger. <laughs> like if you're not proud of the end result, but you're yeah. like, I had to do this because the professor told me to do this, you know, like, you know, don't say that Just say based on feedback that I got, like reframe it. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't give us the reality of it in some instances. Like you, you have the flexibility to like bend the truth a little bit about like the process. Like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's easier. Um, Randall, I don't want to take too much of your time. We're running on 45 minutes, but I do wow. have a couple that's more nice. questions. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll put a cap on it at an hour, I promise. Thanks, what? Okay, this is so, so helpful. So we're talking about the portfolios and we, um, there's this question, PDF or web page or both or? Uh, it's nice to have a web page backup uh, for sure. Uh, I have received the occasional PDF where like, you know, they'll try to insert a video or something that doesn't quite work. Like, you know, I will reach out. I'm not gonna, I'm not like that terrible where it's just like, that didn't work, I'm gonna trash it. Like, I will let, you know, the, the applicant know that I had trouble receiving something. Um, I tend to find that sometimes PDFs can get a little glitchy in spots, like, you know, and, and file size is always an issue with a PDF. Uh, if anything, like if you've got a really large file, um, you know, post it online and just like provide the link to it or, or like, provide your cover letter resume and a really appealing like link page in the pdf that then brings a person to your online pdf like there's a nice way to kind of strategize um how you would get that work across to people i'm so happy you said that randall because i applied for a couple jobs and that's exactly what i did mm. i was like i'll just send them a pdf and with a link to my web page and i was like should i be doing this um <laughs> but maybe maybe that's okay well, it's also it's also nice because like, you know, with a website, there is a bit more flexibility. And, you know, if you're going to build it on a website, like rather than a PDF that's online, like you can kind of swap out pieces or like be a bit more active if you if you had that inclination. But um, yeah. Yeah. I found it. It's a lot more flexibility. Like while well, talking about uh, process mm -hmm. and talking about your your role in something, there's actually a photo of you and me on my web page. <laughs> And we've got all of the accessibility to oh, yes. pages up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, okay, so if that photo were to occur in a PDF portfolio, it might be a bit non sequitur, right? Like even as part of process. But there, people can look at this photo of me. I'm process, working in a group, problem solving, like um, creative approach. Like one picture shows all the soft skills, shows my role. So this idea of like, showing your role and showing who you are mm -hmm. is it's it's not just it's not it's not a bullet point necessarily yeah. it's yeah. not a it's not even a portfolio piece necessarily it's not the colors i mean it can be the colors of the web page and the layout and everything yeah. but like it's such a bigger thing than 
traditional branding design like sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a web page is more freedom to do that. I'm just always nervous to make that recommendation because I don't know what the people hiring want in that regard, but it seems. Yeah, I mean, again, it's everybody has their own preference, but you know, if you're gonna go through the effort of putting all this work together and like and, and put something together online and, and like, you know, stake a little claim out there with your own space, mm. it's just, it's nice to know that you're putting in the effort to do that. Like, and, and mm. to know that you're trying to like flex your skills. You may not be the strongest in that type of design, you know, and, and you're using like a Wix page or Squarespace or what have you, who cares? Like, if you're just trying to apply it and finding different ways of telling your story, um, that's really engaging. Um, I, I found that like those are nice kind of enriching experiences to say like, oh, like, you know, if you're building a network and you're like, well, I can't, I don't quite have this opportunity right now. I would much rather just bookmark your page in like, you know, a, a file of contacts than to save your PDF somewhere in a, in a file that, you know, I'm never going to look at in 20 years. Right. Download it. The file name's garbled. <laughs> yeah. I can't like, I have to open it. It opens in preview, but I should have opened it in Acrobat. Now I got to close it. Right click, open as. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad user experience. Sometimes it's it zipped, right? Yeah. yeah you get exactly. on zip it. So now you got the zip file and the PDF file, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> and like, you know, in, in larger structures as well, like, you know, those, those filters that like can really just push you out and you wouldn't even know, like you'll end up in junk somewhere because the attachment's too big or right. you know, never gets there. You never get a read receipt or, or even a return. Like it's, right. it is a bit of a crapshoot when you, when you're dealing with things in that way. Um, and I would say like also having a website is just, it's just, you know, it, if you're looking for other experiences to be able to, you know, direct people to that space um, as a shorthand rather than, you know, oh, let me get your email so I can send you this later. Like it's just, it's a quicker interaction to have that like link at the ready. More, more, more convenient for everyone. I guess for anyone, yeah. you already said this, for anyone who is like, oh no, I don't have this. Um, <laughs> it doesn't hurt to throw your, the PDF of your portfolio onto Google Drive. Exactly. And then you can flick people a Google Drive link. It still opens in a browser. They yeah. can download it if they want to. Yeah. It's nice. You can link it in an email. Totally. Um, I mean, it's getting to the point now where some some employers are blocking zip files. Yes. So one of my true. employers, I cannot receive a zip file, which, yeah. I mean, if, if I make a photo on a web page, I'm going to zip that and try to email it, right? So it's like, yeah. so if you need to zip anything, your portfolio, um, it might not make it through. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, and, and like, yeah, and things like uh, file storage, like Drive is really great. Just make sure, just caution from personal experience, make sure your sharing settings are set to, so anybody with the link can view it. <laughs> you very, don't want to send that out and have somebody come back to you and be like, I can't open your file. Like, <laughs> Send it to your friend and say, hey, can yeah. you tell me if Give this Give it works? a dry run, for sure. Give it a dry run. Log out. Go into incognito <laughs> mode. Fire up a different browser. Yeah. Check it. Just Check troubleshoot it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely good. Okay. Uh, I, well, there's a question um, for you about you. Um, what? Why? You're hired. You want to yeah. know about me? <laughs> okay, goodness. <laughs> why? 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 Why start an agency and why one for nonprofit organizations? Uh, great question. Um, so when I had started my design career um, in that mom and pop shop. I loved the experience that it was given to me, um, but I was doing a lot of dollar store packaging um, and I really enjoyed it to start. And like, and then it kind of understanding the environmental impact and, and sort of the, the, the sketchy type of work 
um, involved in sort of overseas production uh, really started to weigh on me. And I was like, I don't really want to use my skills in a way that is really sacrificing parts of the planet, parts of people. Um, I felt that design was really needed in a space to promote good and promote community and promote messages of, of, of change, of positive change. Um, I was never really inclined to go a corporate route. Um, people that I have worked, I went to school with really liked going that route and like power to them, but I didn't really find myself kind of gelling with that. Um, had a lot of experiences kind of growing up and understanding like kind of economic disparity issues with uh, sort of um, law and legal matters and things like that. And sort of just seeing as a way of like kind of trying to find ways to make change happen. Um, and design is at the front runner of that, of being able to make messages resonate with people and connect with audiences. Um, when I was starting out as well, a lot of organizations in the nonprofit sphere um, didn't have a lot of design know-how. Um, so it was like an opportunity. It was like a field that wasn't really kind of fleshed out. Like there were in-house designers in some spaces, but design was really kind of like looked at um, as a frill um, in, in that sphere. And so nobody would really invest in it. But design also helps causes get noticed. Um, they help raise funds with an organization. Like if you can make a donation form that is clear and easy to read for a user, like that is needed in those spaces. Um, people that work in those spheres don't have the time to understand all of the complexities that design can like resolve um, in communication. So I really felt that there was a really great need in there. Um, the nice thing about that as well is that when I worked with these people in nonprofits, there's a lot of transition and turnover and like we would get carried around from organization to organization because we would work well with a, a person at one role. They would then move to another space at another charity or, or local space um, and bring oh. us with them. And so like that's kind of our, our kind of work grew organically in that way, um, sort of working in nonprofits and also kind of performing arts, which are also a nonprofit, like the, those sort of local charity, uh, local theater organizations and things like that. Um, there's like nonprofit has a very wide range of insertion points. Um, mm. And although recently we like we as a studio kind of developed more in um, social service and health, um, you know, that's not to say that we haven't done work in, in sort of performing arts as well. Um, so there's a, a, a big tent there um, for people to kind of fit, fit within. Um, yeah, I, I, I basically wanted to kind of go to bed at night, not feeling like I had done a detriment to anybody. And so I felt that doing this, even though the work isn't always glamorous, it was just something that I could live with. <laughs> and so that's, I was fortunate enough to have some people on my team that kind of resonate and vibe with that, uh, that idea. Wow. Wow. I mean, it, it's so great that you found a market where you could thrive and be a useful member of, of this planet. Um, that's just, it's it's pretty inspiring to hear, Randall. So, well, thank you. Yeah, and and you know, right away, I thought you were going to go to, um, you know, you sometimes you read like, oh, which uh, which nonprofits are the best to donate to, and they sort of break down their budgets, and you see like this one spends so much on marketing, and I thought it was going to be that, but when you said, <laughs> which is actually great, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, you cannot underestimate the impression the public has about um, a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, because I mean, that's their revenue, right? So marketing yeah. has a huge role in that, but like the fact that a form like a donation form or a, how do I get involved webpage 
if those things aren't like perfect, mm-hmm. you know, app, Apple even needs great, like they <laughs> yeah. can't survive without a perfect web page, you know? Um, so like it's, it's, yeah. it's extra important there. Like it's gotta be easy to, to give your time or whatever it is you're doing um, or to get involved in any way. Exactly. So, yeah. Good, good design is in, invisible, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's it's happening. Yeah, uh, there is a need for it. And I'd say even even more recently, it's become to a really fine point with everything being digital. um, And a lot of these kind of like, you know, public facing organizations are really in their infancy with trying to get noticed on social platforms. So like, you know, there is a real opportunity in that space to get noticed and like, and and for work to be done in that space. Um, Like the digital realm is still kind of, beyond the reach of a lot of, um, of nonprofits uh, that are trying to get out there. Um, yeah, and, and they don't realize how much work is needed um, mm. in those spaces. Like, just send out a tweet. Yeah, just send just out a tweet. Make you a know, post. Do you have a plan? Do you have your work plan? Have you, got, like, you know, are you got your regular intervals and all that stuff? Like, there's a lot of guidance that you need to sort of help with in those spaces, but they trust you. Like, it's a nice way to build trust with people um, and learn uh, along the way. It's nice to have a client who treats you as an expert. It is. It's flattering. Yeah, or at least, for, yeah, yeah, it's flattering. Yes. So, any you want to share any any of your favorite projects or any wins or anything like that? Um, I would say that kind of my proudest thing, uh, sort of accomplishment through uh, through the studio has been our work with the South Riverdale Community Health Center. Um, we kind of, I basically kind of got into there because I volunteered at a food uh, program through there. Um, we had just done a couple of like uh, local market type of stuff. I had volunteered to do a, a poster for them. And then an RFP came up to do a logo design for them. I applied to that and, and got it. Um, and then we kind of became their de facto design studio um, for their communications. We, it grew into their website. It grew into a whole bunch of other opportunities. Um, we did work on their 40th anniversary a few years ago and I got to interview people from all walks of life that come through the doors of that organization um, and like really work on a story. Um, that has been the place that has offered me the most experience um, and pushed me outside of my comfort zone, um, both in creating new projects and really understanding like social issues. They're one of the first places in Canada to have supervised consumption services. So active drug users have a safe place to use. Um, they're on the front lines of a lot of uh, current housing issues in Toronto right now. And so to be able to be part of an organization that is doing such vital work in the city at this time has been a very honoring, uh, if that's the right word, a very flattering, uh, you know, I feel very humbled to be part of that, um, to play a small role in, you know, these greater movements that are necessary um, has been quite a powerful experience for me. Applying visual design skills to theories of change. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And taking like these really complex ideas and, 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 uh, and thoughts and making them digestible for people to understand that like how your daily action like kind of ramps up and amps up over time to these greater social things um is something i'd love to tell the story about wow wow randall that's that's awesome um (laughs) i feel now yeah you feel humbled doing that work but i just feel humbled um speaking to you right now that's uh awesome i think i think actually south riverdale i think that's not far from me to be honest, so. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I might go down and see what what goes on there and what you're working on. 
We did their front windows too. You can you can see the <laughs> window oh, displays. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's, another it's, great project. Yeah. You know what? It feels one of like the best things about being a designer, a graphic designer, is like walking through the world and saying, "Oh yeah, I know who made that. Randall made that. Oh, I, Eric, <laughs> I took that photo." Or you know, um, totally. Love yeah, it. like it, it it feels good. Like, and yeah. you see yourself in these little things, but also hopefully over time. Um, Randall, it sounds like we'll see your work in big things, so that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to say or add, or anything else you want to? Um, yes is a powerful word. <laughs> Don't say like say yes as much as you can, but uh, you know because it it does we for me like saying yes that rule improv like yes and when somebody presents you with something is a really powerful way to live. It's a very positive uh, way of being. Um, but not the detriment of your own self. Uh, like, don't say yes without knowing what resonates with you. And I think you really kind of need to know yourself in design if you're going to thrive in it. Um, like, to know what motivates you, know what your like, what sparks joy in you when doing design. Um, it's something you really need to hold dear to yourself, or otherwise you will not be delivering uh, what you need uh, to do with the day to day. Wow, I think, yeah, I think that. That resonates with me. Just the other day, someone said to me, "Be like, be a giver, but be a giver who takes care of yourself." Yes, hundred percent. All the doors will open for you. Yeah, and you'll be healthy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that and is you'll be the healthy. most important part of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, Randall Batillier, um, go into a job interview and just say yes. <laughs> with yourself in mind. Yes. With yourself in mind. <laughs> Okay. Well, look, I really, really appreciate this. And um, I'd love to have you back anytime you want. So uh, yeah. just let me know if you're ever interested. And yeah, um, yeah it, it's been it's been great. And it's it's going to be so helpful. Awesome. So helpful. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you see a fit at any point in the future, please reach out. Um, yeah. I'd be, also, I'd, I'd be thrilled to talk shop. Thank you so much, Randall. All right. Thank you, Eric. Have a good one. All right. Take care.